Welcome back. Time to talk a little bit about the national championship game last night. Have not really broached that subject just yet. And I want to welcome in one of our hosts from On the Clock. Great podcast that you can find on fanstreamsports.com, our family of great local podcasts. It's Raul and George, and uh, Raul is joining us today. What's up, Raul? How are you, partner? Hey, what's going on, JP? Good to hear from you, man. How you been? Fantastic. And by the way, congrats on uh, 1,000 downloads in one week of that great podcast. Is that I right? appreciate it, man. Yeah, that's exactly right. A thousand in a week and kind of spiked up there. Yeah. Nice. Now you guys do a great job. It's a great show, and we uh, we're really proud to have you on and and uh, enjoy chatting with you every week. Um, so that uh, contest last night wasn't much of a game. I think yeah. um, uh, it's a tip of the cap to Alabama. What a phenomenal football team, and what a what a program, bro. I mean, as a coach yourself in high school. Um, look at it from that standpoint in terms of the consistency that Saban has been able to build this at, at Alabama. Yeah, it, it, it just a, it's just a notch, I guess, on his belt again. Man, I got to talk to Nick Saban at a coaching clinic one time, and I asked him, you know, what are some of the troubles that he has, you know, coaching and at being Alabama. And one of the things that he says he has to do every single year, no matter what, is he's got to coach his coaches because once you do one year at Alabama – it's pretty much the, everybody in the, in the nation saying, okay, this guy's pretty much ready to coach. He, he's been under Saban, so he constantly has to get new coaches and teach them the Alabama way. So to consistently do that and then be a, a top-notch program is just amazing. And as a coach myself, the game plan execution last night was just, I mean, mm. taking advantage of, of that man-to-man coverage with Devontae Smith was just phenomenal. I don't know if you got to see it very much, but yeah. the motions that they were doing with him, the getting him one-on-one motions, coverage. The stop, yeah. the, I'm, not, I'm not seeing that that one touchdown play where they ran him on like a fake reverse, and he put yep. his foot in the ground and then comes goes out to the uh, to the, to the uh, field side. I mean, it was just, I mean, it's basically like, alright, we're going to put you in one-on-one with, uh, with, with a very fast defender from Ohio State, and with all that open space, and that guy's just too fast. He, he really is, and it, it was, you know, kudos to, to Saban's crew for recognizing that Sarkin. when they're in man coverage, that these, this guy is trying to scream across the field to cover Devontae Smith yep. and tell him, hey, just go back the other way. He, he'll, he'll take himself off the play. And they just did it over and over all night long, and you just got to see the dominance from Alabama, man. I, I really thought it would be a shootout. I really thought Ohio State would have a, the ability to kind of shoot it out the way Florida did it. But they didn't, man. Alabama just—they knew exactly what needed to be done. Yeah, the coaching, the execution. I mean, it's just—it's uh, crazy. And, and I, I was going to put this out on Twitter today, and we'll do it in our second hour. Um, how do you think college football can get more parity? Um, I mean, because I mean, let's—I I love college football. It's my favorite sport. But mm-hmm. it's—you know—even for me, it's getting—it's getting boring. It, it's just getting, you know, it's just getting, it's the same teams each and every year. Alabama, yep. the same team. I mean, the number one recruiting class again. What, what well, do you do? I don't know how you shake it up because, I mean, you're, you're right. It goes like that on pretty much, I hate to say this, on, on certain levels. I mean, even youth football, you got three powerhouse teams. And then high school, same thing. Around here, you got three powerhouse teams. In college, it just seems to be Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama battling it out every year. Me and George really like the idea of trying to make it a six, uh, 16 playoff or maybe an 18. I mean, 18 might be a little harder, but six definitely, where you give the first two guys maybe a first round bye. Mm-hmm. You just give them a bye and let, let three, four, five, and six battle out. That way you kind of help those guys that are in, in the fifth seed, sixth seed kind of get in there. And, and 
I don't know if they're going to compete, but at least it, get, it it kills the whole noise of, oh, we, you know, nobody's going to get a chance, you know, nobody's going to get to play. And you got to give those guys time to play. And then those guys can't opt out. You can't opt out before the bowl games because, okay, well, we might be in the national championship, so I right. can't really leave yes. early. Yes. You know, and it, it kills it for you, and you might get to see some fresher teams. I just think Alabama, Clemson, and these guys, the way they recruit, they're going to be on top for years to come, and it's, it's going to be hard to knock them off. LSU did a great job, but they were a one-year wonder, and we mm-hmm. haven't seen LSU since. I think, honestly, the only way to do it, and I'd love to get your input on this, uh, is you know when they went from 100 to 85 scholarships, I think there was definitely more parity, no doubt about it. I but, think they got to – I want to say maybe hit them again, take it from 85 to 70 – but then, oh, yeah. Yeah, but then, you know, you're, now you're starting to flirt with not having enough guys in certain weeks, you know, because of different issues in college in college football. But, you know, maybe it's, you know, you can have 60 full scholarships and, you know, 20, you know, half scholarships, 10 one-quarter scholarships. In other words, it just the, to keep the best players, you know, like Alabama's three deep with five stars. You know, yeah. it's it's crazy yeah. how much talent they you know they and they just reload each and every year. And I hate punishing successful people. I just I hate that as a concept. But mm-hmm. there's no question that we got issues with this. We got issues. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you, you think about the receivers that's come out of Alabama. Just not just not Devontae Smith. Oh. You got Judy. You got Julio Jones. You know, you got uh, uh, I believe it was Ridley and and Higgins. You, these guys and now a Jai Hall, who's local here at Bloomington High School, will yeah. be joining. Alabama, who's, who's a five-star recruit receiver, they just keep replenishing. That's a good idea, just to kind of spread out amongst the other schools uh, and see what you get. I'm interested to see what next, what this upcoming season in August and the fall comes, because I think COVID was your your X factor in that, because they kind of had to lock up a lot of kids in the sense of, okay, we just got to take these kids, mm-hmm. everybody else has to go find a home. So you might see a lot of four-star recruits on other teams, five-star recruits on other teams because of not that they can't play, just because when we, we, we promised these guys, let's say, come into this, we can't take any more of these guys. Right, right. So they might have to spread out. I hate to say that, but COVID probably probably helped in that matter. It also definitely hurt recruiting on the lower level. So if you were a three-star or below, you definitely made it harder for you to go D1. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and and it, since it's not an exact science, it's not like you could say – Okay, right. every team is capped at, you know, you got to be capped at five, five-star every year in recruiting. I mean, is right. that something that, that they could do? Is yeah. there any way? I know it's, you know, it's way more accurate than it was, you know, 10 years ago, but still I, I'm, I'm searching for answers here because I, I think there's got to be a way to, to, to make it more, more wide open like the NCAA basketball tournament is, you know, um, yeah. like, like the NFL playoffs are. Right, and, and you're right. I, I, that's a good idea. I never thought of uh, maybe saying, hey, you get five five-stars, four four-stars, or two five-stars, three four-stars, and five five-stars, yeah. whatever the case is. Or maybe do it like a, instead of a draft, you just say, okay, hey, Alabama, you won again? Okay, look, you're going to get only three five-stars and two four-stars and so on and so on. That yeah. might be a good idea to, to flirt with that. Military does something like that, too. So it might, it might, um, might send them out and try to make everybody more competitive, but yeah. It's hard, man. It's really hard. Saban, he has the blueprint, the, the remedy, or whatever you want to call it, to be yeah. competitive every single year. 
Yeah, and so much of it is talent. I, and I don't want to take away from his coaching ability because clearly, right. I mean, Alabama is is and they're just the best of the best at executing. I mean, they don't make mistakes. Right. They execute. They do all those things that you coaches always talk about. So we we don't want to take away from that. Right. But uh, I, I agree with you. Very disciplined execution of planning. I mean. I once saw Alabama come down um, here at Tampa when they had to play Clemson for the national championship. I got to be on the actual uh, um, flight line when they came off the plane. When they came off the plane, they looked like a military unit coming yeah. off the plane. They were serious. They were about business. They didn't really say too much to the crowd. They just walked straight on the bus and, and they let me know, okay, well, they they, take, they adopted mm. the coach's personality. Yep, yep. Um, and he demands it, man. And how do you argue with Nick Saban if you're a student? You know, you can't say, ah, oh, the coach is crazy. We don't need to be disciplined. Yeah. Oh, he's got, he's got like how many championships and he's well known across the, <laughs> the nation, so. Hey, uh, Ro, can you, you want to hold through the break and we could talk some bucks on the other side? Absolutely, man. Can you do that? All right, so we'll take a yeah. quick break, three minute break. Hey, yeah, I'm here, JP. Sorry about that. Beautiful. Nah, no problem. Um, so, Bucks in Washington, what did you learn from that, uh, that win by the Bucks? Uh, I learned that, uh, <laughs> Bringing in a quarterback that was just uh, doing his master's degree threw uh, <laughs> them off a little bit. Heineke had a pretty decent game and showed that he could play, but the Bucks look like they're just. I, I'm gonna be. I, I can only refer it to a car, right? You ever drove? You drove a stick shift before, right? Oh yeah, man. He used to valet yeah. cars in Fort Lauderdale, bro. Driven oh, them all. Exactly. And I've, I've had a GT Mustang. I love my Mustang. Oh, so, nice. Right, right now the Bucks are are sitting there in fifth gear, cruising on the highway right now. Mm-hmm. All right, and the Saints are looking for that third, fourth gear. They're, they're still grinding away, kind of looking for the third, fourth gear because for the first time in a long time, I think the Bucks are going to be just surpassed them. And that's what I learned on when mm. I played on Saturday. I was like, wow, they, they, the Washington football team had a decent defense. And oh, they gave them very trouble good defense. Right, and they gave them trouble at times. But I, never, I, I, didn't see, I didn't see Brady panicking. I didn't see the players panicking. I didn't see... Anybody truly getting out of character? It looked like everybody knew what was going on. Like, okay, it's got to be part of the plan, and we're kind of ready for this. And, and that's what I'm like. Okay, maybe the Bucks are exactly what everybody thinks they're going to be. Because once we saw all these all these players on the roster, we're like, oh man, this has to be a Super Bowl team mm. uh, just by the names alone. So it looks like they're going to cruise. That I, yeah, it, it doesn't. You got to play the game. But I think for the first time out of the three matchups or the two matchups prior, I think the Bucks got the Saints numbers on this one because. The Saints they look, you know, very New Orleans to me the uh, the other week, uh, the other day. Yeah, you know what I loved about the Bucks uh, game plan was it it, se- it seemed to me that they've really evolved as the, as the season's gone on. I mean, I think the Bucks know now that protecting Brady is job one, and if you got to keep Gronkowski in to do it. Then you do it. Right. Uh, I mean, I think right. the Arians' offense has always been very much. Look, we're not keeping it back in. We're not. We're, we're going to use all five eligibles as many times as we possibly can. We'll have hot routes, blah blah blah. But I think you know this is part of you know the season long evolution of this offense as it's morphed into more of a a Brady Arians offense where yeah we'll go max protect a few times because we've got you know we've got three number one receivers in essence that you know we'll put up against five defensive backs and one of them's going to get open Brady's going to read it and if he's got room to step up and throw that's a winning combination and I think that's one thing we saw this week that I think might be quite usable against the Saints as well. Absolutely, and you hit it right in the head. The other thing, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. Um, I thought Mike Evans was hurt, but it doesn't look like to me like Mike <laughs> Evans is hurt, right? He's putting up good numbers. He's pulling over safety and double coverage sometimes and still making football plays. I'm impressed that 
if he's playing with pain, he's hiding it very, very well. And and uh, I'm I'm very impressed how he's been playing as well. But you're right, the five uh, the attack that they're doing, having Gronk stay back to help, was, was huge. And I really thought I really thought I chased Young. I thought he might have a field day. The way he was pumped up the last week, yep. I was like, okay, maybe he's going to do it. But the Bucks kind of stayed on their plan. Like, no, no, we're going to we're just going to keep him one on one, and we're going to be mass efficient sometimes. But we're not we're okay with with what we got going on. Yeah, Donovan Smith played a phenomenal football game, and I he think. Did. I think, and we said this uh, at the beginning of the season, it's going to be interesting because Donovan Smith has never had, you know, a quarterback like Tom Brady. Now, Jameis was always his buddy. Um, You know, I don't think Jameis ever really held his feet to the fire. You know what I'm saying? Whereas I think Donovan realized very early on that if he did not, you know, play his ass off on every single play that Brady was going to be up that backside every single play and it wasn't going to be tolerated. And that's not a knock on Jameis. It's just, you know, Brady brings a certain bit of gravitas and credibility that you're just, he elevates everybody. And I think we've seen Donovan Smith elevate his play tremendously this year. Would you agree? Well, I I totally agree. I think he got the message. I think, like yeah. you said, Brady Brady holds a lot of weight. Yep. So if he sits there and says, listen, we'll cut you now. We're not going to wait until the end of the season. We're going to find somebody to come in here and play and, and protect me. So you, you either get with the program, yep. play your butt off, and get, get a ring with us, or you're going to be at home in Tampa serving drinks on Ebor somewhere. I don't think there's any question about it, and I, I think that's really the, the brilliance of Brady. Did you hear the uh, – have you listened to the mic'd up uh, audio uh, from Brady this past game? No, I did. What, what, what went on? Yeah, ch- check it out. It's on the Buccaneers website. I think I, I retweeted okay. it too. But check it out. It just—I just thought it was. We played it earlier in the show. It's very enlightening as to how he handles his business during a game. And I, I can't remember really hearing a lot about when when Brady was mic'd up, but it just seemed more impactful to me because he's with the Bucks now and how he micromanages every single player. He's just constantly intentional about everything he says. He's either motivating you, reminding you about you know communication. We got to communicate. Be on your. Defense details you know stay on your blocks we got to get the run game going protection is good blah 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 it's just he's constantly coaching and reminding guys on the field and i just think it's such a winning edge oh completely because you got another coach on the field yeah which by the way it would be amazing to see if brady does lay it down hangs up the cleats one day to see him come coach in the nfl that'd be interesting to see oh that. he ain't gonna do uh, that no yeah, way see, no way or go, <laughs> that'd be interesting but he is he's particular. i mean he that's what Bill and Belichick got along so well. They're, they're pretty much the same kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little bit more passion coming out of time. But they're pretty much the same person coaching the same team. So it's and let's be honest, Brady's really trying to prove like, look, Belichick, I carried you for a couple oh, of years, here, yeah. buddy. So he's driving this thing home. Like he's going to be even extra, extra uh, uh, micromanaging on all those players. So it, it's been good, man. I've been I've been up and down with George because he's a huge fan. Um, love my guy. He, he loves the Bucks. I mean, if you cut him, it's going to bleed uh, Bucks. And uh, he's been he's been really on another high as far as his <laughs> team, and he loves what's going on right now. So I, I, I'm rooting for the Bucks to beat the Saints, man. I, I really want them to do it. Yeah, the question is, and we're talking with Raul, part of the on-the-clock duo, Raul and George, who we just mentioned there, a um, couple of high school coaches at Jefferson High School and really, really knowledgeable on football and many topics. So check out their podcast. But listen, this is, um, you know, for a, Saints, for a Saints fan and a Bucks fan, this is the ultimate. This is what you want. You want to meet in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, and I said this earlier in the show, you know, I don't think Brady was as concerned about the last matchup. It was A.B.'s first game, and they were trying to just get him in. 
uh, you know, get him in rhythm. Uh, he was well, concerned about getting AB ready for this game because this is the important game. I think Brady was already looking ahead to the playoffs and saying we got to be at our best in that game. So let's get AB in here, get him learning, and now he's to the point where he's back to being AB, and that's a, that's a huge difference. This Saints team is going to have to deal with a much different Buccaneers offense. You agree? Oh, I totally agree. AB's been looking phenomenal. Yep. I mean, I, I, you can't ask for more than what you're going to get out of this game. A third time playing in the season, this is for all the marbles. You win, you're in, you move on. Loser goes home and sits on the couch and watches the other team play. I mean, this is, a, this is, this is a going to be a physical game. This is not going to be one of those, um, you know, fluke type of games that the Saints usually meet, which, let's be honest, every year something happens with the Saints in the playoffs, some call yep. that happens to them. Yep. But this is everything you want out of it. You want to see Brady. Even if you don't like Brady, as a Buccaneer or a person, you kind of want to see what's going to happen. Like, you got to see, oh, hell yeah. I mean, is this guy going to lose? Is he going to win? I can't believe that he's pushing this team the way he is. I mean, he's going to will them to a Super Bowl if he can. You know what I mean? So you're going to get everything you want watching this game. That's why they put it Sunday night at 640. That's the, that's when yeah. they play the Super Bowl, same time uh, slot. So it is <laughs> uh, prime freaking time, man. I, the, the nation is going to be watching this, and uh, I expect both of these guys to be at their best. So. Um, Me too. Looking forward too, to man. it. All right, partner, tell everybody how they can get the, uh, the great on the uh, on the clock podcast. Well, we're on all podcasting apps. We're on iTunes. We're on iHeartRadio, Spotify. All you can just just by searching on the clock radio. And if you guys want to ask us questions or even shoot, come on the show because we love talking to other coaches and and some of the viewers as well, man, the listeners. So you can hit us up at on the clock radio twenty at gmail dot com, and you can find us on Twitter on the clock radio. Sounds good, partner, and uh, enjoy the uh, the games this weekend. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you, JP. Be safe. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break, um, and when we come back, I'm going to play something um, I found kind of funny uh, regarding the Bama Dynasty, a uh, little parody skit they put together. So we'll play that. We'll talk a little bit more about the national championship and your calls. If you want to jump in here, 727 727- 518-0820. You can talk Bucks, Lightning, Rays, College Football National Championship, whatever you want to talk. Back in three. Stay with us. 